Hi everyone, welcome to Socialize TV. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is a channel where we will be discussing many different topics. This commentary is based on my opinion only. Nothing should be taken as fact or personal. Stay tuned in and let's get started with today's video. Welcome back to another episode of Socialize TV. Today's episode is going to be about being yourself and staying in your own lane. Now, I know in a way that's a very cheesy and cliche thing to say, but honestly, I'm finding that being true to you to who you are is so important, especially amongst individuals who live in the type of society that are always constantly being shaped and molded by whatever is going on around them. And sometimes, despite all of that going on, you still have individuals and things that stay consistent and stay the same no matter what changes around them. And in the end, they are the ones who stand out the most. That's what I want to talk about today. In the frame of beauty and fashion trends is what this conversation is going to be centered around the most. And when I look at all of the different things that are happening on social media, such as Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter, but TikTok especially has become the new social media that has determined what is going to be a trend that's going to occur in society. So whatever's going on on TikTok, that's going to be a thing, whatever it might be. It could be something positive, it could be something negative, but nonetheless, it'll be something that catches on. And when it comes to fashion and beauty, in a way, I can lump them under the same category, even though they're different in all respects, but just think of it as two sides to the same coin. When it comes to fashion trends and beauty trends, the first thing that I want to say is that these trends are nothing original. People are just not 
creative enough to come up with something completely new, never been done before concept. At some point in time, this trend was at its prime in a different decade. It could have been a decade way before we were even born, or it could have been a time where it happened right at the beginning of our lives, like early childhood. But then, as we got older, it sort of died out, and now we're seeing it happen again. And one of the first things that I'm noticing is hairstyles. When Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion came out with their collab, everybody was, you know, talking about the song. It was, it was very controversial based off of its lyrics and the title and all that other kind of thing. But that's not what this conversation is about. If you had seen the music video, it was very reminiscent of old school fashion that you typically saw in the 90s. And me being a 90s baby, I remember these trends pretty well. Even when it was like the 90s to the end of the 90s and early 2000s was when it was the prime for all different kinds of fashion statements. It was a wild time to be honest, but I loved it because it was creative, it was fun, it was vibrant, and it pretty much worked for almost anyone. Race had nothing to do with it. And the reason why I bring up race to it is because what we're seeing now in 2020, the trends that are resurfacing back, these trends, once they diverted from their prime, they ended up being adopted in certain ethnic cultures and became the staple for that particular ethnic culture. And so now, when we see these trends show up, it's a little bit strange to see everybody jump on a bandwagon because now it's like, wait, I only would see black girls wear their hair like that. Or I remember, you know, Hispanic girls wear their makeup like this. And so now it has defined a particular kind of culture. And to be very frank with you, almost everything that has become trendy within the past five years has been associated with black culture. Whether you want to debate whether there is such a thing as black, white, Hispanic culture, that's a personal issue. But it is such a thing and stereotypes have a lot to do with it. It's funny what becomes trendy and who picks up the trend because the people where that was their style, they were made fun of for it. When I think of the, the really curly updos and the really dramatic makeup and the bulky jewelry and the long nails, I remember my aunts and my aunts' friends and just older women that I knew, that was their style 24-7. But back then, that was called ghetto. That was called unprofessional. That wasn't called cute. You were made fun of. It's like, oh, those women over there look this way. It was so. It went so far as to say you are a whore if you look that way. Now it's a trend. 
Now let's see this cute. You're the it girl if you dress like this. It's wild to me. And so there are so many examples that I can think of that this exact same thing happened. Hairstyles, jewelry, outfit colors and designs, high heel shoes, platform shoes, long nails. I, I mean, the list can go on and on. Then makeup styles. There's just so many examples I can think of. And it's like, now that's trendy. And some people take it so far to the point where it's like, what year is this? Now, I love to see trends come back because I personally didn't think it was anything wrong with the trend in the first place. But who brings the trend back is what sets the tone. Because what's happening now is, unfortunately, is that non-ethnic individuals or non-black individuals are now trying to bring back ethnic trends to try to make themselves look cool. But it's like you were the same people who made fun of black and ethnic people where this was their staple. And now you want to put it on as a costume and think it's cute. People call that cultural appropriation. I guess that's the satisfactory term for it. But cultural appropriation sometimes applies. It doesn't apply in certain situations. So it's really difficult for it to be a, a consistent principle where it can't apply to every situation. So I don't even really use that term that often for that very reason. But usually everything I just categorized can be summed up as cultural appropriation. I personally, just personally, don't get offended when non-black people do certain things. Like if a non-black person wore box braids, I don't get offended. If they have long nails or gold gold or, or their teeth or what I, I don't care. It's like you do you. Now what I will say is this these individuals who do all this can't get upset when somebody calls them ghetto because that's the same thing somebody would say about a black person who looked the same way. They would be called ghetto. So if you okay with that, then by all means do you. But we can't, on the one hand, say it's ghetto or a professional when one person does it and then say it's cute when somebody else do it. We need to keep the same energy. That's the only point that I was trying to make. Move it on. Also, when it comes to trends, it really shows how we as a society determine what becomes the rule, what becomes the acceptable thing. As I've been saying for so many years, we're the ones who set the tone for the type of world we live in. That part is up to us. So if we have a problem with how people are being treated and how people are viewed in the world, we can totally redefine what we want to see the change be. If we could do it on something as low level as a hairstyle, we could do it on something on the major level. I honestly believe it. But people feel as though the government and the powers that be just have too much influence. But social media attests to the fact that just common, regular, everyday people are the ones who are the influencers. Regular, everyday people from social media have more influence than A-list celebrities do. 
I don't care what you say. People on TikTok, people on YouTube, and people on Instagram have way more influence than an A-list celebrity these days. That's just how it is. And now we live in a society where there's just so much competition to be famous. People want to be famous for something. People want to have an identity of some kind. And it either comes with how they look, how they dress, how they sing, whether they are controversial, have very controversial opinions, whether they're always doing something crazy in public. People want to be known for something. And so social media has been the avenue to make it all happen. And sometimes as a mature adult person seeing what is sometimes trendy, I'm just like, why is this catching on? Who started this is what I always question. Who started this and why? I'm the type of person where I think for myself, I could care less what other people are doing. That doesn't mean I have to do it. But there are some people who absolutely love to jump on the bandwagon. And so whether you are a leader or a follower is something you have to determine for yourself. But there's only one of two categories you can fit in. Seeing these different trends, it made me think back to my childhood and how the trends that I saw growing up changed and evolved over time. It just, even what people would get off of me. When you are a trendsetter in some way, people like to copy you. People now all of a sudden want to do what you do because they see it's cool and that you're not trying to do what everybody else is doing. Going back to hair was a prime example for me. I never had a weave in my life. I only wear wigs. But even wearing wigs, that didn't happen until college when my mother couldn't do my hair every two weeks like she used to. Because I went away um, to college. I was somewhat far from home and I just wasn't going to have that luxury of having my mom do my hair every two weeks. And I have absolutely no clue how to do hair, at least I my own hair. So that was when I started getting into wigs. But in elementary school, middle school, and high school, I wore my natural hair. And my mom braided my hair the majority of the time. And so there were girls who, you know, wore their hair relaxed or in some kind of weave all the time or whatever. That was totally fine, but that just wasn't how I would wear my hair. It just wasn't sustainable or healthy for my hair. And so I would always wear some type of cornrowed style. And depending on what the style was, just out of the blue, it'll be some girl who decided, oh, I like how her hair looks, so I'm going to get mine done the exact same way. Like, I'm not going to notice. And it's frustrating because it's like individuals who would copy the way I would wear my hair or the types of shoes I would wear, they never would tell me like, oh, I like your outfit or, oh, I like your hair. They would never give me a compliment, but instead they would go and try to copy it. And that's what would be the most infuriating thing. It's like, I wouldn't even be upset if you gave me a compliment, but no, you just want to copy just for the sake of it. And then want to make it seem like 
you came up with it first. Really? People are a trip. But um, I always stayed true to, to my style. When it came to shoes, I'm a tall woman. I'm six one without heels, but I love to wear heels. And a good heel for me is anything between three to even close to a five inch heel. So I could be anywhere between six four and six six on any given day and didn't have a problem. And I will always have people tell me, why do you wear heels? You're already tall. I don't wear heels to be tall. I wear heels because I like the shoe. That's why I wear heels. Everybody else who's shorter than me wears heels to be tall. And the craziest thing about that was, is that I could walk in the heels. Like they were just regular everyday shoes. There were so many girls I knew who struggled wearing high heels or couldn't even keep high heels on for a whole day. Well, I was in middle school and high school. I would take public transit home with my friends. And so we would walk from school, catch buses, light rails, be downtown, and then walk home from the bus stop. I did all of that in heels every day, just about every day with no problem. People didn't know how I did it. And then when you're tall, you have a bigger size foot. And so it was harder for me to find just any kind of shoe in my size for that matter. So girls who were shorter than me didn't have an excuse as to why they couldn't find heels that were comfortable for them to walk in. But the whole point was, I was the only one wearing heels to school. Nobody else was doing that, tall, short, or otherwise. So that was something that was unique to my style in addition to, you know, wearing my hair a certain way and things like that. So, you know, you, you can become a trendsetter in your own way. You could have been one of those people in school who, you know, wore your makeup a certain way or you wore certain colors to school. There was something that defined your style. And people made fun of you for it or people will use it as a way to always put you out in a crowd in a negative way. Now, as years went on, the trend kind of died out. You changed up your style a little bit and or just whatever happened. And now when you look, your style is now the trend. And it makes you be like, I was doing this for years. Nothing is new under the sun whatsoever. Nothing is new. Even when I think about body positivity and the, the body image movement, that was trendy to be curvy. We called that fat back in the day. If you had hips, a big butt, and large breasts, you were called fat. There, there was no such thing as, as curvy. No such thing. You just were fat. That was all there is to it. And people made fun of you. It was hard to find clothes. It was hard to keep men from looking at you all perverted and, and whatnot. That was difficult. People don't want to talk about that. But no, everybody wants to be a Kim Kardashian. 
And speaking of trends, whether you want to admit it or not, the Kardashian family really put a lot of trends, you know, to, to be popular. And people went along with it. And, and for almost 10 years, if not 10 years, that's just how it's been. So trends will even have a way of being redefined depending on who puts the trend back on the map again. Now, it's a desirable thing to be curvy. People are going to plastic surgeons to become curvy. Before, everybody wanted to be super skinny, to be as thin as possible. Now everyone wants big hips and a big butt. It's craziness to me. I was called fat my entire life. And even as an adult was called fat. Now there are girls getting surgery to look like, to have the shape I have naturally. It's crazy. All I'm saying is this. If you don't get anything out of this, this episode, learn this. Whatever makes you, you, whether it's your style, whether it's how you talk, your accent, how you wear your hair, whatever the case might be, if that's how you like to look, stick to it. Don't wait for it to now be a trend to now feel comfortable looking that way. Because the fact of the matter is, is that people have such low self-esteem to the point where when they try to make you uncomfortable, it's because they feel that way about themselves. They wish they had the type of confidence that you had to look that way every single day and not think nothing of it. And what's funny is that usually the people who are the most insecure are the so-called popular people. It's like, you're popular. Everybody likes you. Why are you even concerned about what I'm doing? But that's just it. It's because you don't care. They do. You always bring more attention to yourself when you don't care what everybody else is doing. I've learned that as an adult. When I was younger, I never understood why it seemed like I kept getting singled out or why people were always worried about what I was doing. It was because I didn't care. And they would always wonder why I didn't care, why I wasn't doing what everybody else was doing. What made me not conform? They just couldn't figure it out. And so that's what made me stand out. You just have to be comfortable with standing out. And the thing is, too, is that when you're a person who sticks to being an individual, other people who will notice that will really want to become your friend. You won't even have to look for friends. They will come to you. I'm an introvert. I don't go around introducing myself to people or try to make friends. I've never been that way. I could care less whether you want to be my friend. The only thing I ask is that you leave me alone and don't harass me. That's the only thing I want out of people. But I, I just, I never was a social butterfly. But yet, I will always have people who will either say very nice things about me or be my friend with me having to do very little effort. And that's because who I was on the outside spoke for who I was on the inside. 
and people got to know me after they would have a conversation with me. And that's really how it should be. People don't really know anything about you until they have a conversation with you. It doesn't matter how you look on the outside, but that's where it stops. People look at you on the outside and assume they know everything about you. I'll give you another example. When it comes to being a foreigner or having an accent, even though I'm not a foreigner or, you know, I don't speak another language, people somehow still get surprised when they hear me speak and know that I'm from an inner city. They're like, well, you don't sound like you're from there. What do people who are from there sound like? And then try to hear them explain it. In my mind, all I'm hearing is stereotype. That's all I'm hearing. I'm like, you could be from anywhere and, and have a so-called accent. That doesn't mean that you're uneducated or you're dumb. Why are you imposing that on somebody? That type of stuff makes me angry. And I remember too, growing up, when I had some classmates who were foreigners and English wasn't their first language, people would make fun of them, especially if they were African for some reason. I don't know why, but people were always making fun of individuals with accents. And I'm just like, you know how hard it is to learn another language? See, we're used to to English being like, I guess, the main language and looking at every other language is secondary so that when people speak a language other than English, it's like we don't even take it serious. And that's the most ignorant thing in the world. But that's just how people look at it. And so I I would just get frustrated when I see, you know, foreigners getting picked on. I'm like, leave them alone. They're they, at least they are making an effort to communicate. How would you feel if you were in another another country and nobody spoke English? You would feel really uncomfortable because it's like nobody understands you. And this is how humans connect is through communication. And if we don't know how to communicate, it's going to be very difficult for us to get along. And I also think it's ignorant to say that, you know, People who are foreigners that come to America should be completely Americanized in the sense of like completely throw away their culture and become another person. I will say this though, being bilingual is helpful, not only just to other people, but for you as well. So I do feel like it's not racist to say that if you want to live in America, you need to know English. Anybody would say that to me if I want to live in another country. If I want to go to Spain, I need to know Spanish or, or, or Portuguese. If I'm going to France, I need to know French. That's not racist to say. So it's like you need to be able to communicate. It's, it's very helpful. But nonetheless, b- before all of the technicality, people would you know just make fun of you just for the sake of making fun of you because you have an accent. I don't think that's right. Now, you know, everybody wants to go for the quote-unquote exotic look or the look of a foreigner, even though they are a different ethnic group, which that's really inappropriate, but that's what people do. And they do it with like how they dress, 
how they wear their hair, how they do their makeup. Because for some reason, it seems like you get more attention if you're perceived to be a certain ethnicity or belong to a certain ethnic group, even if you're something different. I see um, non-black people do this all the time. They want to look like mixed race or light-skinned black girls so bad because they perceive that those women get the most men. So they get tans, they get extensions, they buy their clothes from Fashion Nova, they do all these different things to look like the typical black girl or what they perceive as the typical black girl, even though they're white. That's just what they do. I also see the opposite where you have black girls who want to look like foreign girls or they want to look like Hispanic girls or white girls. And it's like, why can't we just be ourselves? Why do we have to literally use somebody else's culture or race as a costume? It's so frustrating, but no one says anything about it. It becomes normalized. And that's what I'm saying. You don't have to do any of this to fit in. You don't. I don't care what environment you're in. I don't care what people you know. Be yourself. And if people don't like it, so what? So what? Do you. Because I'm telling you. Being yourself is an important part of your development. Whether you realize it or not, it's all... It's all a part of shaping you for who you're going to be in the future. So these phases that you are going through, let yourself go through the phases. Because when it's all over with and you get to a point where you want to be and you look back and you reflect, you realize how important each one of those phases were. I know for me in particular, when I was growing up, I loved anime. I absolutely loved it. I was obsessed with it. Now, in a way, it has a stigma to it where, you know, people who like anime are thought to be very specific kinds of people. But back then, it's like, it was kind of cool to, you know, you know, like anime. And so, like, one of the first animes that people liked was Pokemon, Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, that kind of thing. And so, now... It's, it's, like I said, it's stigmatized to, to like anime. But the reason why I enjoyed my anime phase was because it allowed me to be introduced to a culture that school wasn't really teaching me about. And so, like, say if there was an anime that I liked and I knew the author's name and I would then do some research or the author, learn about where they're from, how they grew up. So in a way, it, it kind of started a rabbit hole of getting to know certain things about Japanese culture. And I really like Japanese culture, and I've always wanted to visit Japan. I just felt that it was a really beautiful country, and I just would love to be there and just see these places in person instead of in a book. That was just me. And so I think it's a, an important part of human development to be um, exposed to different cultures that might not be your own. Even living in certain neighborhoods can be very beneficial to, you know, be exposed to different cultures.
I, I don't think it hurts anything. So even something as simple as that was an important building block for just appreciating other cultures. So allow yourself to go through those phases. Another thing too is some people, the only time they're really even going to get to be able to express themselves is when they're young. So when they're children and preteens, if you're a parent and you're raising a child, let them go through their phases. Don't try to really shape and mold them in any particular kind of way because it's going to cause problems. With parents, just digressing for a second. What parents got to understand is that their ch- yes, the, their children came from them, but that doesn't mean they are them. Children have their own unique personality that's determined genetically and how they're raised, the environment they're raised in. All of that plays a role. Even the date and time that they're born plays a role. Whether you want to believe in astrology or not, it has something to do with it. It has a lot to do with it. You can't give yourself 100% of the credit is what I'm trying to say. So your child is their own unique person and you have to let them blossom into whoever that person is going to be. Shaping them to be another version of you is not going to be helpful because that might not be their destiny. I'll give an example. I was not gifted to be able to sing or dance. That just is not that just was not my gift. But my brother is very musically inclined. He can read music and he can play several instruments. I can't read music to save my life. It doesn't translate how it's supposed to. For me, it looks like pictures, but for him, in his mind, he can calculate it to be music. And we have the same mom. So imagine if my mom tried to raise all of my siblings the exact same way, it would be such a problem because we are all very, very different. Another thing, both of my brothers are extremely good at math. I can't understand math. I've tried so hard to understand math, but it, it just doesn't register in my head. I, I just can't understand math. But when it comes to science and literature and history, pretty much every other subject, I'm very good at. And those are the the subjects that my brothers struggle with. So you see the opposites that can happen, but yet we're all part of the same family. That's just how it is. Each individual is different. So... Try to condition your children to to go a certain path is not going to be conducive for them. You have to allow them to kind of come into it some kind of way. You Who knows? Your child may be the next big star athlete. They could be the next big singer. They could be the next best-selling author. You have no idea. But you have to let them find what what medium is going to outwardly express what they like. You just don't know what it's going to be. You have to allow people to go through that phase. There are some people who have grown up to be adults 
and they have no idea how to cultivate their gifts. They have no idea to cultivate expression, creative expression. They have no idea who they are. They have spent their entire lives trying to adopt identities that are not true to who they are. It doesn't feel authentic, but yet they have no idea what else to do. And that could create a huge problem for some people not having an identity. So don't undermine it as something that's not important because it really is. But going back to the subject at hand, what's trendy? Also, having the discernment to determine what's a positive and negative trend is also very, very important. Just as there have been, you know, very um, harmless trends like a hairstyle or a fashion statement or whatever, I have seen a, a... an insurgence of what's called challenges. It could be a dance challenge. It could be something that's that would be considered like a dare, something that you wouldn't do unless somebody dared you to do it. And it could be really crazy, wild stuff. It could be dangerous, harmful things that is now like a challenge and it and it catches on. And it's like Why would anybody in their right mind want to do that to themselves? But people do it because it's a trend and they want to be popular and they want to record it and they want to put it on social media because they think it's going to get them fame and attention. That's the kind of world we live in. We live in a society that rewards people putting themselves in certain situations or exposing themselves all for the sake of fame and attention. Clout. In other words, people care more about clout than they do their own safety. People care about clout more than they do their own health. People care about clout more than they do their relationships with their spouse or their loved ones or their family members. People care more about clout than they do anything else. People have lost their jobs over clout. People have lost their marriages over clout. That's how serious it is for some people. So don't undermine it. It's a very serious thing. When I first started watching YouTube was somewhere around like 2010, 2011 to about nine or 10 years ago. That was when I started seeing the rise of the challenges. I remember um, the, the, the fire challenge, for example. People were setting themselves on fire. People were putting some type of flammable liquid on themselves. Either it was rubbing alcohol, nail polish remover, or even sometimes it was gasoline. And people lit themselves on fire to see how long they could stand it before they had to put water on themselves. It was the craziest thing I, I had ever seen. Like, why are people doing this? This is crazy. You can, Your skin can literally burn off. And you're doing this just to get attention on the internet? Are you for real? And I got to a point, the challenges got so crazy over the years to the point where I was just like, people are not psychologically well. Because there's no way in the world you can convince me to do some crazy stuff like this and put it on the internet for the world to see. It's no way. It's no way. But some people are just that vulnerable. 
it just it's the way that it is. I, I don't like it. I, I don't understand it, but that's what happens. And I'm just like, we have to do better as a society and not normalize this. That's the thing. Whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, it's normalized. And you have to have the common sense to say, A, this is dangerous to me. B, I shouldn't put it on the internet, let alone find somebody to record it for me or be a witness to me harder myself. I guess that should be B. And then C, putting it on the internet for the world to see. Don't be so easily influenced. You care about your life, don't you? You care about your sanity, do you? Don't do what everybody else is doing. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. I conclude today's episode with this. I know what it's like to be bullied and made fun of for just being you. And people will make fun of you for all kinds of reasons. Reasons that don't even make sense. Things that really are a good thing, but people want to shame you for it. Because again, they wish they could do it, but they can't. So they would rather try to make you feel bad about it. But I know how it feels. And in a way, at 27, I still get upset about it. I still get down about it because... I'm just like, all I was doing was just being me and and people thought it was a problem. Somehow it was hurting them. And that's how people will make it. They will try to make you feel ashamed. But you have to have the mental and emotional endurance to get through it. You have to. Because for many of us, We didn't choose to be who we were. We didn't choose to look the way we look. We didn't choose any of it. We have to live with it. But that doesn't mean it got to be a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if you feel it is. Nobody else should be telling you how to feel about yourself. If you want to change something or if you feel as though it's a bad thing, that's up to you. That shouldn't be up to anybody else. So... If for some reason you want to re-event, re, reinvent yourself or change some things, go ahead and do it. It's your life. But don't spend your life being a prisoner to other people's expectations because you're the one that's going to suffer and not them. No matter how insecure they may be, no matter how much of a bad person they are, they get to move on. You don't. It's not worth spending your entire life being upset over it so be yourself it's trendy it is whether it's trendy now it's gonna be in the future that i can promise you so wear your hair how you want wear your makeup how you want wear your nails how you want dress however you want wear your high heels if you want to Be whatever weight you want to. Do what you want to do. It's your life.
that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like and subscribe to the podcast the same way it is spelled here on all platforms. And like and subscribe to the Facebook page. That way you keep up with all notifications and updates. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you at my next one. Bye-bye and so long.